look at these people who are saying, yet I am willing to go, Lord, send me. And then you have your child look at that person and say, that's what I want to be like. Welcome back to Word of Grace. Thanks for joining us again. We're embarking on a new study, uh, Missionary Biography, The Life of Jim Elliott. Last time we left off with talking about dying to self. Yes. And about being a living sacrifice and uh, willing willing to do and be whatever mm-hmm. it is uh, God wants us to be. And so we want to jump right in to... Um, we want to take this this podcast and the next to talk about uh, the upbringing and training uh, that led, um, specifically that led Jim Elliott. I'm a little bit into the Elizabeth Elliott book. I've got a little bit of background on that, on her upbringing. But um, we know the end of the story is that these men are speared to death by savage Indians. Yes. Um, now, I shouldn't even say that word, savage. Now, mm-hmm. this this is this is news in the last week, uh, Jim and his friend Ed, who went to Wheaton, have a plaque. I don't know if you heard this. Have a plaque at mm-hmm. Wheaton, you know, commemorating their service to Christ. And on the plaque, it says they were killed by savage Indians. Twelve people at the college complained about using that term "savage" okay. about people mm-hmm. because it's demeaning. Mm-hmm. And so they removed that plaque, and I guess they're going to change that name. Because we are all created in the image of God, and that's, you know, to a degree I can understand what they mean, but people who slaughter other people are savages. Yes, they are. And prior to Christ, we were I was savages. a savage. Um, and so I don't, I, it's, it's, it was interesting that I had started reading the book and, and came to hear that news, and and I was kind of saddened by it, but that's our culture today, isn't it? Yes, it is. You, you know, almost almost like you can't even call a person a, a sinner in mm-hmm. those in those mm-hmm. regards. But um, you don't go from dying. Uh, you don't get to the point where you're dying in a river in Ecuador. And I read this book in high school, and it moved me. and And I think it was one of the tools God used to drive me into the ministry. There's a picture in one of the books of of one of the men floating face down in the river yeah. with a spear in his side. Mm-hmm. How do you get to that point? Um, there there is a background to that. You you don't just end up there as a 28 year old man. Hey, this how did this happen? Mm-hmm. It took a lifetime of training yes. and and input from other people mm-hmm. to to bring you to that position. And that's that's where I want our focus to be today on on some of the parental training that uh, Jim Elliott experienced in his home uh, from his mother and his father. And even, to a certain degree, the, the, um, the admiration of other missionaries in the home also yes. mm-hmm. uh, invites people to think about it. I guess when we put dreams before our children, what are we putting before them? Are mm-hmm. we putting are we putting uh, fame and money before them as opportunities to pursue 
um, and and these people who are missionaries, well, they just do that because they can't do anything else, or right. they're not revered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, saying about missionaries, well, they're just they're just on a vacation. You right. know, th- this sort of thing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the upbringing, and hopefully, those who are listening that still have parents or still have children in their home, or even are inf- influencing grandchildren, will be able to take some truth in and run with it. What what, what was kind of your initial thoughts? And we were talking a little bit about it before we went on here um, about about the upbringing that he experienced in his home with his parents. Well, the thing that came to my mind was the fact that within his family dynamic. Christ was definitely the center of the family, Hmm. and his word was also uh, the focal point of the family and the beauty of both parents uh, modeling or being that paradigm for these children uh, to where they got to a point when by the time they were teenagers, they were so well-versed in the scripture that I would put them up against any a person who's gone to college today that has studied the scriptures. And this was just uh, rudimentary learning from the family itself. Yeah. Which is basically a lost art. Yeah. The discussion of family devotions, both in Jim's life and Elizabeth Elliot's life, was mentioned. Um, It seems to me that in the book, Jim writes to his father and says that he remembers his father reading him Proverbs every day Mm. and doesn't remember the content of those readings, but Mm. remembers the consistency Mm. of his father opening the word. You mentioned that it it appears that his father is is kind of a simple-minded man. Right, right. But Mm -hmm. a man that's in the scriptures, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, we we were talking about it beforehand that uh, we see... Christianity from both ends of the spectrum. We see the father who is a simple man, mm-hmm. uh, and yet he loved the word of God, and he knew the word of God. Yeah. And then you had his son who was blessed to be able to go uh, to a higher learning in the academy and learn the, the technical aspect of things, and yet they both showed that they uh, were men of the book. Mm. And Again, this is something that we as believers should be emulating. Uh, It doesn't matter what your station of life is. And it's unfortunate in our society that you're not considered important unless you're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the case may be. You have a lot of money. A man who is maybe a farmer or someone who doesn't have a lot of money but is saturated in the Word of God is kind of marginalized or looked over. And that's so unfortunate. Right. They... They also, and we'll come back to more of that in just a second, about the uh, the impact of the Bible in the home. But when we get to Jim being in college, and again, the, the letter writing is just crazy, mm. right? The the Just a different time. Yes. Um, there were several places where he wrote, wrote of great concern for his mother. Mm-hmm. Did you catch those? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, mother, I, I hope you can rest. Mother, right. I, you know, I... Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that is completely absent or or woefully short uh, shortcomings in the lives of even Christian young people in their honoring of their parents. Yes. I I saw something on Twitter 
yesterday, and we've talked recently in our church and even you and I about these deconstructionists who have grown up in a mm-hmm. Christian home and maybe never were, well, obviously never were saved and become very bitter about their parents and their pastor, and they they write and go online and say negative things. And someone tweeted something like, you know, it's a very great dishonor to mistreat those who impacted you or cared for you. Right. It's one thing to disagree. And, and okay, if a person wants to uh, abandon the faith of their parents and say, well, I don't believe those things, but it's, I, I think this is the way it was put. It's one thing to disagree. It's another thing to disparage. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you idiots. Mm-hmm. And we've even seen in our very own church mm-hmm. uh, young people just completely disrespecting their parents. Right. And I thought right. the the respect and care that he mm-hmm. showed for his mother in those letters was mm-hmm. pretty, well, pretty I, I, special. I agree with you 100%. Uh, and the, the, the reality is, is that, you know, not that we're here playing the blame game today, but that would be the parents' fault because they set the tone. Right. They foster the attitude. Right. And when you flipped the, the uh, script, so to speak, to where the child is in charge, then... You can never expect to have that type of individual that will one day reverence you and respect you. And I agree with you. And uh, he would write so lovingly to his mother and his father and always with respect. Mm -hmm. Here he was a grown man, and yet sometimes he sounded like a child talking to his mother Mm -hmm. and talking to his father. And it grieves me to see today that we have parents who have totally checked out, who have totally uh, divorced themselves from their responsibilities, and their ch- their children are, in effect, raising them. Yeah. Don't you think that the centrality of Christ and the centrality of the Bible in the home actually lends itself to the respect of the parents to the children? Because, I mean, maybe I'm off on this, but like a father and mother who are demonstrating submission and respect to their heavenly father, you know, opening his word as a family, um, demonstrating their own sincerity as, as best they can in obedience. Oh, mom and dad are respecting a higher authority. It's almost as if that should rub off on the children mm-hmm. and, and, and we're going to respect them as they respect. I, you know, I just think the idea of a God centered home mm-hmm where father and mother are not perfect, no one is perfect, but are attempting to live their lives for God, that the children will see that. Mm. It's all about Mm. the atmosphere, the Christian atmosphere that Mm. is preserved in the home. Right. I I look at the family as a microcosm of the church in in a certain way, because if you stop and think, if children are allowed and then taught to be able to disrespect their parents and they're being taught whether you're teaching them with yeah. words or not yeah. by your actions you're teaching them that they can disrespect you so if they have let's let's put the father there at the at the top because that's where god puts them if they have no respect for their earthly father do you think that they will ever have any respect for their heavenly father. Right. No. And that's why you end up with these children who say, I don't believe in your God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it even goes further than that. I don't believe in that, your God and I hate you. And I hate you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
besides the centrality of the Bible, which I keep saying we're going to come back to and we will, the elevation of missionaries, of Christian workers yes. in their homes yes. was... Uh, just made a wonderful impression on these people. Yes. Um, in fact, his father, I believe, at, at or was it his grandfather? I think it, it was, was his it, father. I think that was actually a, yeah. he. He would and he and he mm-hmm. met his mother. Remember, the mother brought mm-hmm. like several men to the different meetings. Yes. He was like, oh, she's brought a different man to every meeting. Maybe I have a chance. Like at mm-hmm. first, she thought maybe he had a she had a steady boyfriend. That was kind of a funny story. Um, but presenting missionaries to our children as people to be emulated yes. is, mm. is something we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We should be presenting missionaries to our church as people to be emulated. We should present our personal missionaries, mm-hmm. Joel and Sarah. These, mm-hmm. this is, these are the people we want to emulate. If our mm-hmm. children and teens, and yes, even if our adults are called out of their uh, worldly professions to go into ministry, that would be cause for celebration. And, and I go back to uh, the idea of what you said about following Paul as he follows Christ mm-hmm. in our last... Uh, Johnny, when she... We talked about her in the last episode. When she uh, was reading um, the books, when she was a young person, she read these books as well by Elizabeth Elliot. She said she felt the Spirit of God whispering to her, be like her. Mm. Be like mm. her. Mm. And again, ultimately Christ sure. is the ultimate model, sure. but he, to have human... Models mm-hmm. too, right? Absolutely, is. absolutely. Uh, and, and as you talk about uh, the the earthly missionaries uh, being models, uh, we've even seen it crop up in our church when there's been a misunderstanding of what uh, missionaries uh, are, are out there to do or being sent out to do. It's as though uh, the thought was that the missionaries were going on a paid vacation, yeah. When in reality, these people are living almost uh, hand-to-mouth, you know, and they are uh, divorcing themselves from all of the natural or what we would consider natural amenities of life. They may even have to drink dirty water or, or their lives may be threatened by unfriendlies. And so we look at these people who are saying, yet I am willing to go. Lord, send me. And then you have your child look at that person and say, that's what I want to be like. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go to the mission field, but that's the type of person I want to be. I want to have that integrity. I want to have that spiritual drive. Otherwise, you end up with your, your, your children making idols of these temporal things that we see in the world that mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. He, he mentioned some of those things, too. He says, boy, I can't remember exactly how he puts it. Like, God, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess it up, so I'll just save it for another time. Something about the missionaries that struck me, too, was almost like this, a genealogy of missionaries. So mm-hmm. both Jim and Elizabeth Elliot discuss the impact that Amy Carmichael had yes. on their lives. Mm. And Amy Carmichael, in this book by Becoming Elizabeth Elliot, Amy Carmichael was moved to go to the mission field because of uh, a speech that she heard, a speech or writing that she saw from Hudson, Hudson Taylor, Taylor, who yeah. went to China. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even Jim Elliot writes about reading the book by Hudson Taylor. Right. And and you and in, in the Elizabeth Elliot book, this was remarkable. When she was a child... Uh, 
Betty Stam stayed in her home okay. before she was married. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar I'm with that story. Oh, these two, John and Betty Stam, went to China and were uh, and were let off and beheaded and hid their baby in a pile of clothes, mm-hmm. and the baby mm-hmm. was saved. But a- another missionary who was martyred in China just as she was getting ready to go off to college. So they had these missionaries in their ho- in their homes. They read these missionaries. They, uh, I'm sure just other missionaries that we've not heard about sure. that came through the town, mm-hmm. stayed mm-hmm. in their homes, and they were elevated, and the Bible was elevated as a life highly mm-hmm. desired mm-hmm. to be pursued. Mm-hmm. Not like, that's something we do on Sunday, right. and with the rest of our time, we pursue, how did you put it, the, mm-hmm. the idols of the world, right. the worthless mm-hmm. things that the world offers. And, you know, God has given us all things to enjoy, so we're going to enjoy all things, and we'll give God, uh, you know, a little lip service on Sunday, mm-hmm. but the rest mm-hmm. of our... And, it, and it's no wonder, then, that when those children who have been raised that way get to be 15, 16, 17, they don't want to be in the church right. because... The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. They've been tasting everything else, That's right. and they do not have a taste for the That's things right. of God. And, and, the, and then when they do taste the church, it leaves a bad taste in their mouths mm-hmm. because they have a misconception of what church is all about. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate. If a parent is allowing their child to be exposed to everything in the world and not allowing that child to be deeply embedded in the church. They are doing that child a great disservice, and they're also creating some barriers that will be difficult to overcome in the future. Of course, God can save anyone Mm -hmm. in any situation, but they create unnecessary barriers for their children as they grow to where they won't have anything to do with the church, with the Bible, with God's people, or anything yeah, else. Yeah, and even even the church has has uh, fell into this trap of these these type of um, uh, this rhetoric that we say, well, the missionaries are going on a paid vacation. Mm-hmm. Our pastor only works on Sunday. Right. Ha ha. Uh, those things are not funny to me. No. Uh, and they, they shouldn't. They, be. they 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 demean the the person who has, and I'm not just talking about myself, but they demean a life that is given over to Christ. Right. Like th- mm-hmm. that's, that's dumb. You know, mm-hmm. Andy pastors cause he can't do anything else. Right. Or, um, you know, Jim Elliott, he died in a river cause he just wasn't smart enough or with it enough right. to do anything mm-hmm. else. Um, w- my, our advice, my advice would be to people in the church to, to honor and, uh, you know, give, give your children, books like this to read. Mm-hmm. Um, read them together. Uh, talk highly about people who have given their lives to Christ. And ultimately, and now let's return to this, ultimately, you started with it, let's finish it with it. It's about it's about the Scripture. It's about mm-hmm. being in the Bible. You mentioned the, the putting him up against anybody else as far as his memora- memorization of the Scripture. Mm-hmm. In his letters, it's just constantly pulling out right. references right. to the to these, uh, to Scripture. And, and some obscure scripture. It's not mm-hmm. just always the very familiar parts. Mm-hmm. And that was that was uh, taught to him and modeled for him and for Elizabeth Elliot in their lives growing up when they would have the family devotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets to college 
and the busyness there, and, and you mentioned there are probably not as many distractions, but that's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He spends an hour in the morning in the Old Testament, mm. a few minutes at noon in the Psalms, and the evening studies in the New Testament. That's mm. That just convicts mm. me mm. so greatly. Yeah, and me, me as well, uh, because I know that there are so many time robbers that are there, mm. so many distractions, and some of them are easily dealt with but because I don't have a great enough view of the Word of God, those distractions stay a lot of time. And TV is probably one of the greatest for me. Yeah. Uh, and so reading that, uh, it was quite convicting. But it was also challenging and motivating yeah. for me to say, I can do some of those things. Yeah. I, I can read God's Word more, not as a duty, of course, as a delight, but it will ultimately feed into my life, and I will see change. A lot of Christians today, they profess Christ, and yet you see no transformation. They've been saved for 30, and maybe truly saved, 30, 40, 50 years, and yet they remain infants their entire Christian life because they've not read the Word of God, nor have they augmented their reading by gifted people who have actually experienced Christianity, like these people that we're talking about yeah. today. Yeah, the the time is gone, and... Uh... I was hoping that this week we could cover all of his early life. We may have to extend that. But I think, again, we want to say, okay, what? Let, let's not just revere people and say these are great things, but let's bring it down to us. What can we do? And Is it always this simple? Is it always as simple as it, it's more of the Bible? It's more of the Bible. It it's like it just always is that simple. It is. And if you still have littles in the home, I'm convicted about this, is to is to work at at doing some family things and reading the scripture together and and being personally invested in the word yeah. of God and whatever it is we're doing now mm-hmm. we can do more mm-hmm. Amen. and that is what is going to get you to the point like mm-hmm. when we go back to talk about dying and living to self that is going to get you to the point where when when the moment comes it will just be as natural as anything yes. because you've already been dying you've to been yourself yeah. the whole way yes yes praise God We'll, uh, we'll come back on Friday and try to go a little faster, but uh, I think these truths are helpful. I think we can, they are, too. We can glean from them. Uh, thanks again for listening. Again, if you, um, if you listen, we're, I don't know where you listen to us on the podcast, but we're glad that you do. If you could uh, go there and, and give us a, a rating that is a positive one, and it will, um, it will I think, elevate um, our podcast in the, when it makes the lists, and maybe other people will... Uh, see this, but uh, that would be helpful if you just take a few minutes to do that today. Otherwise, uh, we hope you have a great day. It's Wednesday, so we hope to see you in church this evening or uh, be faithful to your local church. And uh, Lord willing, we look forward to continuing our discussion on Jim and Elizabeth Elliott on Friday. God bless.